Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Wake up, wake up. Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. You saying he essentially had to be blown away to, to trade him. Anything changed in that regard? No, nothing's changed there. But at the same time, when you sit in our situation at one overall, you have to do your due diligence. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it safe to say from what you said now and last time we met that you're planning on just being a quarterback? That's the plan right now. And like I said, we're going to do our homework on, on this class. And if something changes, and again, I'll just use the same statement. we got to be blown away to say, you know what, I think this is best for our organization. I mean, everything right now is wide open, you know, so we have to go through free agency first and see what we get there. And then just, you know, we're hoping to take the best player available at that point, but we'll see how it goes through free agency. A lot of emotions, to be honest. You know, it, it doesn't seem real right now. Um, you know, we, we, we traded Patrick Kane, but really excited for him to get a chance to play for the Rangers, play at Madison Square Garden with uh, with a really good team, and, and we're looking forward to watching them uh, compete with uh, with New York. The ball game is over. Raptors win the season series 2-1. Hard-fought ball game. Whittle 498. Raps. Start your mornings with Mully and Hawk, 5.30 till 10 a.m. What's it like to have the first overall pick? On 670, the score. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think uh, for me, I don't know. Let's go. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Can you feel the earth, David, moving under your feet? Does it feel like the sky's tumbling down? There's a lot going on in the wide city of Chicago. Morning, Molly. Yeah, it's a lot Wednesday. Of changes. It's March 1st, but boy, what a historic Tuesday yep. in our city. It From sure was. Politics to sports to yeah. everywhere you look, there was history being made. And yeah, there's a lot to talk about today. I don't know, you know, who's, what's it like? Uh, is it cool having that pick? Or what's it like trading the best player in your franchise? <laughs> well, Kyle Davidson talked about it, and Patrick Kane is a Ranger, and when you trade away the franchise's best all-time player, it's we traded him. I think that in New York, <laughs> Chris Jury, the GM for the Rangers, is saying, I traded for him. I traded for Patrick Kane. Kyle Davidson is we traded it away. Yeah, you got to watch your pronouns these yeah. days, and uh, it's interesting to to hear from uh, Kyle Davidson. And he he sounded like some of my friends hearing that Kane was going to the Rangers. Well, I, we got to watch the Rangers now. Do you think what you know? Will Kane win a a Stanley Cup? And 
is he is he say like he did? He actually said he sounded like a fan. Like well, we're going to watch the Ra- it'd be cool to see it with a good team. Yeah, I know. I wasn't too thrilled with the way that he has been talking about this trade. I understand the difficult situation he has been in. I understand the the desire for people to want to empathize with that and congratulating him for being uh, a good friend or doing Patrick Kane right. But I think I want my general manager worried more about winning championships than winning friends. I, I and, and I know that may be totally unfair. Yeah, it's but totally my, unfair, but my, I agree with you. My visceral emotional reaction to this is, okay, I get the realities that you were facing. It's difficult when a player takes away all your leverage by saying, I want to go to one team and one team only because I can control that in my contract. You have a no-movement clause. But – Kyle Davidson, to a large degree, created the situation that he found himself in. I, I got to tell you, we've we've talked about what happens with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves since the beginning of the season. We've we, this is not like this is not sneaking up on you. This has been a story and a a um, sort of this um, sort of dark cloud that has been over the franchise since. God knows when. It's been a long time, a long time. And yet, when you say visceral emotional reaction, I found myself like, I, I like was, what? They trade? Like, it's, I knew they had traded him. I knew where he was going. I knew the deal was in place. I knew the Rangers were moving money. I knew all of it. But there was something about the finality at around 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon that I had this like, what? Uh, how and it was like it it, it took me back it, to it, like Bobby yeah. Hull has joined. I was a little kid and Bobby Hull went to Winnipeg. I didn't know where Winnipeg was. Right. I thought like I thought Canada was somewhere past St. Dennis. I had no idea <laughs> where any of this stuff was, but I knew it was like a big deal, and I knew everybody was like really shocked, well, it, and everybody was really kind of that's really honest, by it. and it's really understandable because a lot of people in the city felt the same way yesterday afternoon when the reality hit them like a ton of bricks because Patrick Kane for the last 16 years to the people who were casual sports fans and more intense hockey fans he made being a Hawks fan cool he made every shift kind of a surprise and you wanted to watch and it was something that magical could happen and he made them worth watching. Even through the difficult, dark times, I think that there was still an element of you wanted to go to a Hawks game because it's something Patrick Kane might do. I found myself in the situation a week ago Sunday going to a Hawks game because of what Patrick Kane might do. My son the same way. He's 22. This is the best player on the team that he rooted for growing up. He can relate to what you just described with Bobby Hull being traded. He's ticked off. Fans are kind of upset. Patrick Kane's gone. The Hawks are unwatchable. They're going to be for a long time. Yesterday marked the end of an era and the beginning of irrelevance. And I know that maybe some people say, well, that already happened. Mm, Not exactly. The Hawks still had Kaner. They still had 88. They were still worth that investment in time and money. Not anymore. Do you remember what it was like before Patrick Kane, before Jonathan Taves? Yes. Because I remember going to – we got tickets to some of those games. There, I mean, and the thing about the Blackhawks when you were growing up is that there were the, the stadium was always full, okay? What, I, I mean, the stadium always had, had 
plenty of fans in it. And they hit a point where no one was going to these games. I mean, like, you literally could go and sit on the on the glass. There was no one at the game. Nobody at the game. The Wolves would have more fans than the Hawks yeah. at any given weekday night game in, and now, in town. And then, they, obviously, you know, we come through this era, which was unbelievable. Not one, not two, three Stanley Cups, the parades, everybody in town all over it. And I, I don't know what I don't know what's going on here now. I don't know. There, there doesn't seem to be any remnant. I guess Jonathan Taves technically is the last man Technically, standing, he's still here. But Technically, but he's, he's under contract, but he, play. he's not going to play, I think, probably the rest of the season. They have, they, they have now moved on from everything about that era, and I think to some degree they had to because of the Kyle Beach scandal, and to some degree this is the way that the sports cycle goes. Yeah. But – you can't look at what Kyle Davidson has done and call it anything but an orchestrated tank job oh, it's over totally, the last 18 it's totally, months. It's, and, I, and, I mean, the fact is this team was winning, so they had to get rid of him even more, right? Um, <laughs> but, but let me ask you this. Okay, so, like, one of my friends was like, how many draft picks do they have now? How many? And I'm like, well, they, they got another first rounder after, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, they, and then I started sitting there, and I thought, it's way too early to sit down and do the accounting, but – They'll and the problem with the hockey draft is it's not many guys. It's not like you're drafting guys out of college that come right in. Add three it, years, yeah, to every draft yeah. pick, except for Connor Bedard. Yes, if you are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes and you're the number one overall selection, and that is who you get. Talk to me the morning after that happens, if that happens. Maybe I'll feel a little bit differently about the future of the Blackhawks. But right now they've got a fistful of lottery tickets, and they may not pay That's off right. at all. And if they do, it will be in three years. I, I don't know where you trade all of these guys from Doc to DeBrinket to now Kaner, and you get no bodies in return. I don't mean nobody. I mean no bodies in yes. return. Yes. No living, breathing hockey players. Right. No prospects on the way up. Right. You got lottery tickets. And yeah. you know what lottery tickets are? What you do is when you go to a, a, a gathering of season ticket holders or maybe your team president or maybe Rocky Wirtz, what you're doing is you're showing them the future based on a PowerPoint presentation. That's right. You're not pointing to somebody in your organization. It's like, well, he's going to be really good next year. He's going to be really good once we get him someone else. No. They, these are maybes. You know, Patrick Kane was a number one overall draft pick who delivered, who didn't get hurt, who didn't – I mean, he, a guy who you drafted and you brought in and they built a team and they won three Stanley Cups – and now he's traded. And I, I hope for the best for Kaner. I hope he has a good time in New York, and I hope that he and Artemi Panarin have fun on the same line or on the same line. But I'm not I'm – not, I mean, I, I, I'll watch it come playoff time, but it's, it, it doesn't compel me to want to see a guy that used to be here in another uniform. I, that never has been a big thing for me. I, it's not like the guy's dead to me when he leaves <laughs> – but it's not like I follow a ton of guys. It's not like it, I'm, I'm, you know, really wow. You know what's going on with? It's more novelty than curiosity. Exactly. And exactly. I, I, there's even a degree of, of angst that's attached to this one because, like I, I mentioned, my son. I don't want to out him here, but he basically texted me yesterday after the trade, and he's like, "I'm rooting for the Devils in the Eastern Conference because I hope they make the Rangers look bad and eliminate them immediately. Because I hope they upset whoever." 
whoever the Rangers play in the playoffs, he wants to get out of there because he doesn't want to see Kane or wearing 88 for the New York Rangers. A lot of people can relate to that now, feeling. I, I mean, and I'm with him to a certain extent, but if they do win the Stanley Cup, I believe the second-round pick becomes the first That is pick. the condition. So You're right. I'm not saying that I'm cheering for them to win the Stanley Cup, but I am saying that I hope that, you know, what would – probably be at the bottom of the second round pick could become at the bottom of the first. You're round right. Pick. And that is the practical way to look at it. You're, but there's nothing practical in my approach to this trade this morning in a week from now. You're right. In a month from now, I'll watch, but I don't know that I'm ready to be that rational yet. At some point I'm going to do an accounting and go through what they actually have and don't have. And nine picks in the first yeah. two rounds in the next two drafts. Right. That's is a lot. It, is it nine or is I, it did, – did it, no, you're right. It's nine. I think it's nine. Because the other trade nets them a first-rounder mm-hmm. in the third draft, right? A lot That's of players have left town. 25. A lot, lot of losing left to do this year yeah. because they have to put themselves in a position to increase their chances with no guarantee that you're going to get Connor Bedard. But Patrick Kane, I do think that his legacy in Chicago is secure. I do think that it's as the best hockey player ever – to wear a Blackhawk sweater. His his complicated legacy includes some things that he regrets, I'm sure. He's grown up in front of us. Mully, you mentioned how long it has been. He made his debut 16 years ago. That's unbelievable. October of 2007, he was 18 years old. Mm. So he went from being the guy that we saw make mistakes in, in the public view to a guy now who you know skates on the ice and waves to his kid behind the glass before games. There's a lot of growing up that he has done. There's a lot of things that, you know, he probably doesn't want to be known for. But what he definitely can't escape is the fact that he was, I think, the best team player in team history. And now, you know, he orchestrated his exit. And so I don't know that he wanted to go. I feel like he he felt like he had to. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're they're not trying to win. They don't want to win. They're trying exactly the opposite. And he was one after not, another, players left town. Yeah, he you, wasn't helping that cause. But so, I mean, it's it's you know, when you think about it, I, and and I I think maybe we should ask this as a five at five question. Not today. Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, what's worse, trading away like Kirby Doc and and the cat, or trading away a thirty four year old? Even if he's the best player in team history, you're their their unloading of everything has been, and I mean, here's the beauty of it for the general manager: you're just buying time and buying time. Oh, look at all the picks I got next year. Wait till you see the picks. Now we're gonna wait for those guys to graduate. You like bought yourself five years. You did, and the thing is, is that that's where it goes back to. I don't know. What Kyle Davidson has done, in fairness, and this isn't personal, this yeah. is a professional evaluation here. What has he done to earn our trust, to deserve that faith that he's going to get this right? He has no experience. You know what? It's his first time on the job, and he's done a lot of things from trading Kirby Doc to Brandon Hagel to Alex DeBrinkett and now Patrick Kane and Dylan Strom like, walk out the door. This is orchestrated. He's got a plan. But what about the plan? Well, we live in tank world, right? So that's the plan. Plan is to tank, and that is uh, that is a um, the Cubs won that way, right? The Sox tried it; they haven't won yet, and they're probably missed their window. Well, here's another pick six question: that tomorrow. Bears did it last I, year. I, you're right. Everybody's Hawks going doing it it's, right it's, now. It's all in vogue when you can't you know figure out another yeah. better way to do it. Would the Hawks be better off 
going this direction and taking a chance at getting a generational player in Connor Bedard or trying to find a way to keep all of the talent they have let walk out the door and compete in a league that, you know, sometimes you can catch lightning in a bottle. Sometimes the playoffs are uh, the reality is that you have to be an eighth seed and you can get to the conference Jonathan finals. Jonathan Quick can catch fire and you can you can have a, a a goalie stand on his head and win a cup. Just saying, we're so ready to accept this as a proven method of winning and success across all sports. Is it though? Town. Well, I'm saying in this town. No, I know that's what I mean. It's oh. like, is it proven? Right. No. Who's done it successfully? Okay, the Cubs. Oh, yeah, the Cubs did. Yeah, they won one. That was that. That seems like a long time ago now. Yeah, but it, it, it apparently paved the way for every other. Different sports, though. Because oh. when you do draft players in baseball, you expect that time. The Sox won two just for other teams. <laughs> Talk to me after the parade. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, I, it, listen, you know what? I, and, and I know you're just throwing rocks at the at the castle at this point. I know. I mean, it's over. It's done. It happened. But it's it's still it's still surprising. I know that surprising is the wrong word. There's some element of of like absolute kind of shock. That it's it, jarring. It's very jarring. Thank you. It is because you just knew it was coming, and still you fe- felt a little unprepared for it. I did. At least I know that's the way I felt. And so I didn't quite know. That's why I wrote what I wrote and why I, ha- I had to write something. That's the way you become conditioned to. Okay, how do I feel about this? I don't know. I think I'm going right. to write it out. Work it out. Just because it was so, so uh, the reality sinking in was like, he's not going to play here anymore. There's really no reason to watch. Is he playing on TNT tonight? No, he will oh not play against God. the Flyers. Imagine that. As thank first God. Game. That, yeah, thank God. That would not be, that would be far too jarring. And to see him against the Flyers on the ice where he became a legend, that would be too oh much to God. handle he'd for a Hawks the, fan. He'd be the only guy on, on the Rangers who knew he scored. <laughs> That'd be it. He'd be celebrating the other end. Like, what's going on here? But Panarin, Tarasenko, and Kaner tomorrow will make his he'll make his debut scheduled to Rangers in Ottawa against his old buddy Debrinkit alongside his friend Artemi Panarin, who won the Calder Trophy the same year that Kane was the MVP. Back in 2016, way back when, the Hawks were relevant. And so, that's tomorrow night. Brace yourselves. God, I, I got to tell you, man. It's still, it's just, it's something else. And, and, you know, we'll see. We've got a lot. There's a lot of movement in town. Somebody, somebody tweeted out a list of all the players that have left Chicago. It's absurd in the last decade, right? It was all the Cubs purge and... The Blackhawks purge and the Bears purge, you know, Khalil <laughs> Mack. And the, I, I'm just saying it's like that's a lot. And, and it was funny because there was like David Montgomery with like a uh, with an asterisk, you know, probably gone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Well, like, there, we have lost players all over this town. Robinson. Jose Abreu is going to yes. open up with, oh. the, with the Astros. I, I know that's Man. that's going to be hard to see. And, and I think you you look you. you you hear this trade and you see the Caner going to the Rangers and you do look at your other favorite teams and your other favorite players who have left town. And it takes you back to trade deadline day in 2021 with the Cubs when Chris Bryant is, you know, tearing up at the thought of getting traded. Crying in the dugout. Crying in the dugout. There is crying in baseball when that happens. Javi leaving town. Rizzo leaving town. Schwarber already out the door.
that that taller than you think, beautiful drink of water crying through those beautiful blue eyes. His eyes were so blue. <laughs> I was swimming in them as I walked past them. Where's he playing again? I don't know. Where'd he land? I, he just, I, I mean, Where's I, Bryce? I, is he in the witness protection is program? He, is he no, playing in the in, Japanese he's league? In Colorado. Oh, Colorado. That's They've right. never That's won uh, a division title. No, they have not. No. Just, you know, just so we all know. You know why? Because they're not good enough. <sighs> Even with the great Chris Brown. It is a big week to talk trades because once obviously. Favorite son. <laughs> once favorite son. We have the Caner trade with hockey and the Hawks, and then we have Ryan Poles entertaining trade proposals down in Indianapolis talking about that. I'm glad we got to him yesterday at the end yes, of our show. I agree. We were able to hear what he had to say, and and it was an interesting day following uh, the secondary story, I think, in town, but hearing from different executives at the NFL Combine about their interest in maybe moving up Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, and you hear from other teams, and sure. then a guy like, Duke Tobin, local guy made good from the Bengals and, and, and pride of Hersey High. Being asked about T. Higgins and the availability of T. Higgins in a trade, he's like, "Get your own receivers." He's I'm not in the business of making other teams better. I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better. And so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So. The trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now. I love that. Go find your own. Every Bears fan died a little slow death there. Like, oh, really? I thought he was going to be yeah. our guy. Yeah, I think no. there, is, there is a thing. There is a thing in sports where you think every guy wants to come to your team, if, you know, should come to your team, would be better off if they just came to your team. And then there's the reality. And he let us know what the reality was. Yeah. He sounded like Bill own. Tobin yeah, talking exactly. about slapping down Mel Kuyper. That's exactly what went through the head. It's, yeah. You, you hear yeah. you hear that tone and you hear that certainty, and there's no way that That's he's, his uncle, right? Yes. He's Vince's son. They're related. And so I think that you That's look funny. at the, the family uh, connection. Mel Kuyper, what <laughs> like didn't he just tear him to shreds? Heard from Matt Eberflus yesterday, didn't say much. Didn't say a lot. Boy, Matt Eberflus. They didn't even, they couldn't even fill the proper, like, what, what, how long did he talk? It was like no one, you know, they couldn't even say, is it cool to be at the combine? There, you know, everybody was just like, oh, God, let him go. Don't, don't exactly. have him answer anything. Yeah, no. So we got, the, we got the Bears, we got the Hawks, and Molly, I mean, this, when I say historic Tuesday, it was historic in the city the first time yes. in 40 years. A, yep. City a, mayor. An incumbent yep. loses. An election. An election. One-term mayor, first time since 1983. Right. Great sports fan. Mayor Lightfoot, friend of the program. Yep. But unfortunately, uh, not Brandon Johnson, runoff. Paul Vallis will be in the runoff. Right. And so that is the uh, other big story on yep. Tuesday. A lot going on. Five weeks till and that one's sorted, right? Five weeks. Exactly. Five more weeks of campaign ads and, and everything else. And the Bulls lose in Toronto. Oh, damn it. You had to bring that up. <laughs> I watched that game, and I got to tell you, when Toronto got over 90, I was like, it was the same reaction I had to the Kane trade. What? (laughs) Over 90? Saw that one coming, though. I mean, they were just too small, too slow, too crooked shots. I mean, they they just weren't hitting. And DeMar DeRozan, not sure what was going on there, but uh, his return to Toronto, not so good. Ah, all right. Um... 
We got so much to get to. We're going to get to all these stories, so many stories to talk about. We're going to pick it all apart. We've got the pick six next. It's Mully and Haunt, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. Really excited for him to get a chance to play for the Rangers, play at Madison Square Garden with uh, with a really good team, and, and we're looking forward to watching him uh, compete with, uh, with New York. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Expected or inevitable, as it may have been, did nonetheless gasp. Did you gasp when the deal was announced yesterday via Twitter that Patrick Kane traded to the New York Rangers? Do you care about the fact that they're getting a second and fourth round pick this year? Do you anticipate the second rounder turning into a first rounder? In other words, will the Rangers win the cup? Yeah, I don't think the Rangers are going to win the cup. I mean, I, I and I don't know how conflicted I am about that. I think it'd be great if Patrick Kane was a a big part of another cup. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be. Um, yeah, I, I was, as I said earlier, uh, the, even as this, I was watching them make all the moves and clear all the space and all that, I kept thinking, like, well, the trade deadline's around the corner. Like, what if they can't get this done? And what do they have to do? I, I can't believe I felt surprised, but I did. I just was, there was such an inevitability to it, and yet the finality of it, it, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever been through the horror of losing someone to cancer. It's horrible. And and there's almost like this, you know, you're preparing for it, preparing for it. And then when it happens, it's just like this huge, horrible 
hole in your life. And, I, and I'm not comparing this to, to a death by cancer, but it's, it, it was, we've been waiting for this trade all year. We've been waiting to find out what they were going to do. And these questions have always come up. And are they hanging on to those guys? Are they going to let those guys go? Is there any chance they'd be part of the future? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad that it finally happened. And I feel kind of amused with myself for being surprised that it finally happened because it was so inevitable. But nonetheless, I did have that moment of like, oh, wow, I can't believe Patrick Kane no longer a Blackhawk. I had the same feeling about, oh, my gosh, it's actually officially official. Because as you said, we, we all expected it to come. But, but some things to keep in mind. I actually hope that the Rangers win the Cup. Because Patrick Kane will be on cloud nine if that happens. And I think we, I, I totally get the take on the general manager seeming giddy over the fact that Kane is gone and we did right by the player. He's saying all the, all the things necessary to potentially get Kaner back in the building. Okay, the, the Rangers are not going to be able to afford Patrick Kane next year. They're not, just not. He, he's not going to be a Ranger for very long, a couple months. Um, so I think he would be like, you know what? If he really is feeling the way he felt in that message that he put out on social media, Chicago will always be home, all that kind of stuff, then come back after Chicago let him, helped him get his name on a fourth Stanley Cup. Come back. Come play with that number one overall pick. Yeah, that never works out that way. I, I mean, I understand the sentiment. I don't think it's realistic. I think the only way that happens is if, number one, the Hawks do get Connor Bedard in the draft. And secondly, Kane takes a, a discount to return to Chicago to play with Bedard and to be that mentor. There's also a suggestion, and you talk to some people around the team that maybe they didn't want Patrick Kane to be part of this rebuild that for whatever reason that, you know, he's a 34 year old uh, offensive player. And at this stage of his career, they're better off without him. I think that's a flawed logic, but I do think that it's part of the thinking here and it's worth questioning. Cause I think right now it's worth questioning everything. Kyle Davidson does. He's a first time GM taking direction from a first time president and Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner. Confirmation of the inevitable yesterday made it no less jarring, no less empty. It was definitely something that it hit you in a different way. Hockey is not worth watching any longer at the United Center. It just isn't as interesting without 88 on the ice. That's not exactly uh, something that anyone was ready for, even though we all knew was coming. Rangers, you know, they're six in points right now. The Eastern Conference is loaded. Who are they really better than? They can, they're going to be offensively dangerous and fun to watch. I don't know that they win the Cup. I don't know that they can be better than the Bruins or the Canes or the Lightning with the best goalie in, in, in hockey. So I'm not ready to anoint them anything except for the most interesting team in hockey. It's a good question. What did you make of Bears GM Ryan Pohl saying at the scouting combine that teams haven't called him about – the availability of quarterback Justin Fields. Is that because teams know the Bears are sticking with him? Or is it because they'd rather have the number one overall pick and select their own guy? Well, I think that it's part of both. But when you talk about needing to be blown away, as Ryan Poles repeated yesterday, b before he would want to select a quarterback instead of Justin Fields, I think the, what he was describing is the way that everyone kind of felt watching Justin Fields last year. They were blown away by the special qualities that he has as a runner, 
as an explosive offensive threat. So you can't duplicate that because you have him. Why would you trade him? And every general manager probably knows that. Even though the, the rhetoric might indicate something otherwise that the door is open, I don't think anybody really realistically believes that. So the teams that are talking that make a lot of sense in terms of making a deal, the Seahawks entered the fray yesterday. It sounds like the Texans are standing pat. Who knows publicly what is being said and, and, and what is the truth because there's a big gap between those two things typically this time of year. I don't know if Ryan Pohl said anything more interesting, though, than the fact that he established a timetable and might be sooner rather than later before free agency so you know what needs exist and because that suggests maybe there's a player coming to Chicago as part of one of these draft trades. Well, they also call this lying season, right? I mean, did you expect him to answer that question truthfully? Have teams called you about the availability of Justin Fields? Because he did say there have been calls but not specifically about players or the pick, either one. Just just starter conversations. Just you know, maybe playing a little footsie you over the phone or something. You don't think they've gotten any calls about the first pick? Well, he he said. I mean, I do. Do I think he has? Yes, but he said that like nothing has. So you think he, they've also gotten calls for people wanting to trade for Justin? I, I don't think they. I don't think they have. No, because I do. I think to answer the question specifically, I think other teams believe that the Bears have every intention of keeping Justin Fields. And I think other teams want to try with their own guy. They, others, they want to hitch their know wagon. How silly it would be to, to trade a guy like that. Yeah, I, I, I take this as more of an understanding that they're going to stick with Fields um, than they're some kind of um, conspiracy of silence. No one wants Fields, anything like that. I think, I think that... Um, when you're trading for the first over, when the first overall draft pick is available, you want to trade for it to take a guy. And I think that teams from all over parts of the draft will just do their due diligence and make a phone call and just say, hey, you're getting, you get, you know, hey, it's, it's your buddy. We're good friends. We worked together that one time. You getting a lot of calls on that? Are you going to make that deal? What do you think? How, how, how would it, how is the possibility it's available to me? I could give you this, that, and the other. I, I think it's it's just part of what you do in the normal business of a draft. So it doesn't surprise me that they've gotten calls, and it doesn't surprise me that they're not specifically about Justin Fields because of the way the guy is, has acted and the way that he's talked about it. So I don't think anyone's blown away right now by any other quarterbacks. Maybe it'll happen. Hopefully. That's a tough question. What is your read on Bears GM Ryan Pohl saying he sees scenarios – where it would make sense for the team to trade the number one overall pick before the start of free agency. Presumably, that means deals where the team could and would receive current players. Do you like that idea, or would you prefer a stockpile of picks? Yeah, you know, I I don't want to say that I hate that idea, okay? I think that you listen to all ideas, and you kind of go through it, and you contemplate what it might look like if you were uh, giving away, you know, it, what players on their team you like. I think that that when you hear this, though, your mind goes to DeForest Bunkner, and the idea would be that you're going to trade from one to four, and they're going to give you the three technique that worked with your head coach when he was the defensive coordinator there. I hate that idea. 
because I think he could be a salary cap casualty. And I don't want to see the Bears make a trade for a guy they then have to fit under their cap and they, they're giving up two different things, right? They're eating the cap space and they're helping the, the Colts and then they're getting their – depending on what the payoff is on draft picks. But I'm more interested in what they can get draft pick-wise than players, especially kind of veteran players, because I think those guys and that guy in particular, I just want to address that one um, because it's an example to me of a guy that could eventually be a salary cap casualty – and while you would have the certainty of knowing what you have and what you don't have to go get during free agency, that's not worth it to me to lose the potential draft capital you could get for the number one pick by taking on somebody else's issue, problem, whatever way you want to say it. Great player, and it'd be great if the Bears got him, but I would like them to get him on the kind of uh, on, on a different market, on more of a uh, cap casualty market. Well, I like this question, and I like where you went there. Let, let's stay in the same aisle for a second, though, sure. with, with the Colts and the Bears potentially doing something. If we change out a name, what about Quentin Nelson? They're not trading him. Okay. How about how about Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard? <laughs> the Colts aren't trading those guys. And then three number ones. And <laughs> I mean, no, Quentin I, Nelson. So it's just so what I said great. was just ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. That 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 is an interesting idea. And I don't know what the Colts are thinking. No, but going back to Coach Watson, buying, you know, kind of buying your offensive line, that would be a that would be a way here's currency the is the number that. one pick is a way of buying it. Well, he said build your offensive line and buy your defensive line. But but um did he say it the other way Opposite. around? Buy your offensive line. Draft okay. draft defensive lineman. And I, I love Quinn Nelson lineman. and he's a phenomenal player. What what then what are you getting draft wise? You know what I'm saying? Well, what, but you get a player who is on a get Hall like of a, Fame a, track, a second or a third rounder. You're not going to get a future first, but but here, you know, the Bears need so much, and and then it does. Just I'm playing along with the question. Okay. Then you know yes. that, like, I think instead of probably needing two for sure offensive linemen, yeah. you now maybe only need one. But I mean, they they probably just I'm just being playing out that scenario. They got Quentin Nelson. Wouldn't they be cutting um, Cody Whitehair because he's making whatever? Likely. And yeah. I'm just saying. But so now you're swapping or you, out. Or are you one. moving Cody? Or are you really trying to do something? And are you moving Cody Whitehair to center? Uh, I'm asking him to restructure I, his deal. I don't know what would compel the Colts to trade a 27-year-old player who's the best at his position, who was under contract because quarterbacks win championships. That's why. I, I know, but you're sitting at four. That what good does a quarterback? Again, they're in the bear situation. You got a quarterback running for his life behind an offensive line that no longer is a strength because you got rid of your best player, one of the best in the league. I, I understand the sentiment. It'd be great for the Bears. And if they could get Chris Ballard to give up Quentin Nelson, you'd have that conversation all day and twice on Sunday. Not realistic. I, I don't and I the DeForest Buckner possibility, I, I understand the sentiment. And he did say it. So that's where our minds will go. I don't like the idea of mixing markets. I don't I think you have to. You have the luxury of having $100 million nearly in cap space and the number one overall pick. Use both to your advantage. Maximize both marketplaces. That When you mix them, you don't do that, I don't think. You don't have to get your defensive tackle in a trade that could be a lottery ticket, a draft pick. Again, different sport. Let's not confuse the, the, the uh, conversation here. Because you want picks 
for that number one pick. You're not going to get what you could get and maybe what they have in the past because you don't need a quarterback. And every team in the league knows that, and you reiterated that yesterday. So you have lost a degree of leverage if you're Ryan Poles. Don't lose any more by adding a player to the mix in a trade that should be all about draft capital, not about current players. That's my opinion. He made de- he suggested that it could go otherwise. If they like the deal, I wouldn't do it, though. Great question. Voice of Mark Grody. He'll be here at 825 this morning live from the NFL Combine. Does Dansby Swanson even know the half of it when he told Bob Nightingale the pro sports in Chicago are, quote, a massive deal, while in Atlanta they are, quote, kind of a deal? Is it just different, Cubs fans? Every Cubs fan out there is just a little bit different. <laughs> I like that story. Dansby Swanson sounds like every time he talks, you want to hear him talk a little bit more right? and longer. The fascinating part about that story in USA Today was that the Chicago Red Stars are going to benefit from Dansby Swanson being here because his wife, Mallory, is going to be here indefinitely, and the league is going to make some sort of concession to keep her in town. And keep her under contract. And if he was going to be signing with the Dodgers, they would have made it happen for her to play in L.A. There's a commitment to making this power couple Chicago's, which is great for us, for the Cubs, for Cub fans. For and for family. And, yeah, for soccer fans, uh, I suppose. That is, is terrific because she's an elite soccer player. As elite at her sport has her husband. She, I mean, Dansby Swanson is known as Mallory Pugh's husband, right? That is the uh, designation. So uh, – a lot to like and a lot good self-awareness, good recognition. Dansby Swanson is a keeper. He's a winner. He's an asset, and he's worth every penny the Cubs are paying him. I mean, duh. I mean, I mean, Chicago sports versus Atlanta sports. I think it was the early 2000s. Final Four was down in Atlanta, and I believe the Cubs were opening against the Braves. And uh, Indiana I was, was in that final four. I remember that. Right. I think. And and, um, and I was down there working that final four. My dad came down, went to the final four, and he also walked up the day of the game and got like a really great seat to watch the Cubs open <laughs> up the season in Atlanta. I mean, just like walked up, had no plan, like just went over there because he was going to go to the game later on at night and there's nothing to do during the like, Yeah, of course. Yes. Sports are bigger in Chicago than Atlanta. The only correction. Not just a little bit different, a whole lot different, Dansby. And Dansby may find out if he starts out hitting 212 in June. <laughs> just <laughs> what how a different. big deal it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, was it? One of the Super Bowls. The Ray Lewis and, Super Bowl? Um, yeah. it, yes, I was there. And I remember being in Buckhead and having a conversation with the barman, and I was asking him, like, about you know the area because it had really been cleaned up and built up and stuff and the guy was saying that yeah well he wasn't from there and he didn't you know live in Atlanta and he said you know you'd be surprised ask some people they're not really from here like nobody a lot of people come to Atlanta to work at CNN a lot of people come to Atlanta for whatever reason it's transient like a, yeah. it's a it's a very transient community but it's also you know there there's like a, just a lot of people that have gotten involved in different industries that are from various places in the South and have moved to Atlanta. So I then wandered around for a few days, and I would ask literally everyone I ran into, hey, where, where are you from? Are you from around here? And I'm talking about people that work there. There was a, a Mangiano's. We went out for a sandwich, and everybody who worked there was not from Atlanta. Like, I had a hard time finding people from Atlanta. And I've always felt that that translates to their sports. 
that everybody there is a fan of a different team, but they're in Atlanta, so they're going to Atlanta games, right? I think it's a very different city because it draws – it's almost – Chicago does that to a certain extent. A lot of people from Detroit, a lot of people from Ohio. You know, there's a lot of times you would you would go to a Cubs game and you would run into all these Cubs fans that were actually fans from all over the place. And I think that – but in Chicago, we have – we have our own people that have been generational that have lived near the ballpark or well, the neighborhoods. That are coming, there's there's neighborhoods, neighborhoods people that grow up there. I think and also people grow up as fans of these teams and and love those teams. And you don't really if you go to a Bears game, you're not going to struggle to find people from Chicago at all. or the Chicago suburbs. But Atlanta is one of those rare big cities that remains more of a college sports market. Yes, I think, it, that's than a true pro too. sports market. Yes, Georgia, Georgia Tech, no question. But I think the that question explains is, it a little. The Chicago Blackhawks trade. Was it good to hear Patrick Beverly take on Kobe White on his Pat Bev pod? Beverly said he went up to White on his second day with the Bulls and said this. Hey, bro, I'm a big fan of your game, bro. I just want to let you know that. Like, I love your game. Like, I love what you do. You're a hooper, and you can pass it way better than I thought. Thoughts on Patrick Beverly's uh, opinion of Kobe White's game? I think I could listen to Patrick Beverly as much as I could listen to Dansby Swanson. And I, I think what I like about Patrick Beverly is that these are complimentary things he's saying. He also talked about DeMar DeRozan and, you know, and his game. Um, I think Patrick Beverly, like, that, that's a backhanded compliment. Hey, you can pass better than I thought you could. But I love your game. It's got to feel good because it means – if you're a player like Kobe White, isn't that the kind of support you need from an older veteran that comes into the team? So I like that. I also like that he he called out uh, both his teammates yesterday for not taking enough shots, both Zach and DeMar. DeMar didn't take any shots. I don't know what was going on there. That was super weird. Um, but, yeah, I, I really um, I really like everything P-Bev is saying, and I hope they – they hang on to Kobe White. They have that decision. He'll be restricted, but I, I enjoy him. Well, so far, I think you have to enjoy everything that we've gotten so far. And it's, you know, two and one in, in games, right? And they were in that game. They, they couldn't pull yeah, it out, but I they mean, were in it. It just showed some of the issues. So, yeah. you know, so many issues Line with that team. Yeah. Um, you know, just there's like a minute and 15 to go. And the Raptors got three shot attempts in a row. Like it's just, I mean, just absolutely wildly weird. You know, here's my question about Pat Beverly, though, who seems appears so far to be a really good teammate. You know, is it because he can't really score? Like, why has he been on so many different teams? Is it because he's not a scorer? Is that the is that the reason? Just the the lack of value of of a of a competitor of a guy who you know. Defense does all the things that don't necessarily make it into the box score. He might wear you out too much. He might. He's yeah. great. Too much talking. He's, he's great burst. for us. I mean, I, I have a lot of time for him. What he said about Kobe White reinforces the idea that he is a teammate that uplifts other people. He's not just tearing people down or pointing out the flaws. He is going to be the guy that builds your confidence if you're Kobe White. We saw that the other night. Not that Kobe White going off on Saturday over the weekend was because Patrick Beverly built him up, but confidence is important when you're a shooter and a scorer. I also liked what Patrick Beverly said last night. He wanted to see what the Bulls locker room was like after a loss, and he found out. And he did say that they needed to shoot more Zach and DeMar. 
And he did say the starters can't have 15 turnovers. He's right. He's exactly right. Patrick Beverly has probably moved around the NBA because he's right too often, too loudly, because that he tells the truth. That doesn't always go over very well in a locker room of any sport. But I have a lot of time for Patrick Beverly. He's going to be a great podcaster, analyst, whatever he wants to be when he's talking for a living. And one day he will be talking for a living. He does it very well right now. And let's hope that he can have some sort of say the right things before they play tonight because they have to win tonight. You have to come out of this stretch of four games after the All-Star break and win at least three of them. And this is on PBEF tonight. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He's here at seven. What do you make of former Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai being named to the same position in Philadelphia? How well will he do with the collection of talent? Does Desai have a good chance to follow Jonathan Gannon into the head coaching ranks? Who gets there first, the new Eagles D.C. or the new Chiefs O.C.? That's Matt Nagy. (laughs) That's a really good question. Sean Desai is a very bright young NFL assistant coach. He's going to be soon a very bright young NFL head coach. I don't think there's any doubt about that. This is a situation that that job is going to be tailor-made for someone to have success. That defense, even though they're going to have some losses, you trust Howie Roseman to be able to find talent to plug and play. And the defensive coordinator just has to push the right buttons. Sean Desai was working for Pete Carroll, highly highly regarded here in Chicago by uh, by Vic Fangio, yeah. and somebody who around the league interviewed in Denver with Sean Payton and now is getting hired in Philadelphia. There are a lot of smart football people who respect his intelligence. So he's good with, with players. The public part of it is something he'll probably get used to at some point, certainly in the Philadelphia market. If he has success, he will move on. If he doesn't have success, he'll hear about how badly they miss Jonathan Gannon in a market like that. I think he gets a job head coaching-wise before Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is likely there as offensive coordinator waiting out till Andy Reid retires. Who knows when that will be? But why would Matt Nagy leave that comfort, that nest in Kansas City? Because now if he is the heir apparent, as some people believe he is, there's no way that he's leaving. And who knows when Andy Reid will leave. So I think Sean Desai becomes a head coach first. No, that's a great point on Matt Nagy, David, about the fact that why would you leave at this point? And you know who would, who would want to go grab him based on what happened here in Chicago? Um, you know, Desai's got to do a good job. Because as you mentioned, he'll hear about it real quick. Just a, it's going to be a question of turnover. How much? How much turnover will the Eagles have? Now he's been around some good people. The Cy, he's you know he's been around Vic Fangio, right? He's been, he was around him, learned. You know he's out and out with Pete Carroll. Pete, Pete's a, a defensive guy as well, so he's learned from some really good people. So seemed like a nice enough guy here. The little bit that we got access to him, as limited as it is for coordinators these days. And, and getting the chance to hear them talk and talk to them, you know, good for him. I, you know, I hope it works out. But I, I just think 80% of the head coaches in the NFL will continue to be offensive guys. I just don't see defensive guys getting jobs unless they've got some whiz kid as their OC coming with them who's not quite ready yet. Sean Desai is headed toward a head coaching job. He's moving up the ranks in the NFL He's going to have success because the talent level is very good and they will keep it good. He's also a really bright guy. I mean, 
you know, he's a, he's a, he's, he can learn. He's shown the ability to learn as well as the ability to teach. And that is, uh, those are wonderful traits to have. And that means you're going to go far. Uh, I don't know that there's a limit to how far he can go. I think he's a really bright guy, and I think he's going to do very well. Um, I do, I think the Matt Nagy thing is really interesting to me. And and let me just run this question by you real quick, because I wanted to talk about it last week, and we never got a chance. Who gets a head coaching job first? Is it Matt Nagy as the Chiefs coordinator, or is it Eric Bieniemy? now with the commanders because he left the Chiefs job, which is everybody claimed he needed to work somewhere else. That wasn't a problem for Matt Nagy when he got the job It's a good question. It underscores the lack of vision that a lot of owners have when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, and it also points out the fact that, you know, he has been overlooked so many times. I think it's Matt Nagy, though, because Eric Bieniemy is going to struggle with the commanders. It's hard to envision him having success when they don't have a clear plan at quarterback. Dustin? That's a tough one for me. I, I mean, I, I hope Eric Bieniemy does well because he he deserves that opportunity. I think, but I think he he could have went to Colorado and he decided he wanted to stay in the NFL. And I don't know if he was half joking or not. You'd have to go back and listen to it if it was taken out of context. But I, I saw something because I think that press conference was on a Friday when he was introduced as the Commanders, yeah. and he made the comment that he didn't really do much. In Kansas City, like, and I don't know if he was, Andy is there and everybody, right, like, but everybody felt he, that way about him. He that left was the always, impression that he was that he let Andy Reid call plays, right? Well, I'm just saying, plans, all the things that yeah, all, all the things, things that people either assumed or you know, he's yeah. calling the plays, give him a damn job. That 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 chorus, and then he comes out and says, "I really didn't call plays. That was Andy's job. I didn't really do." So I'm saying, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he was being like smart Alec because of course I've been doing stuff of course I know what I'm doing of course I have the credentials I'm not sure where I don't know his personality well enough to to understand if that was like in jest but if that was legit like if you take that quote and you rip it then that's the side of the equation that says this is why he didn't get a job if he made those comments in inter- he got interviews if he made those comments in an interview I really don't do much it's kind of Andy's thing well I mean, if you were the general manager, would you hire him? Because right. Patrick Mahomes isn't coming with. Tell me why I should hire you. Well, I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, Andy does everything. I, I he calls the plays. He, I don't think he's. I mean, Matt I, Nagy was given the ability general, to call plays in a playoff game, and at halftime he was stripped of it because it was going so poorly. But but the 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 point that you bring up is an interesting one because I think it's you know you look at the at the the failure of the NFL to hire uh, uh, coaches of color. And you would you would conclude that this that there's something seriously wrong with everything going on in the league, and and I think that's a correct conclusion, frankly. But I also think that there are certain people, and maybe Sean Desai is one of them, and certainly Eric Bieniemy is one of them, where for whatever reason, you know, look at the size of those guys. They don't carry themselves hmm. like larger than life. It's not. You're not going to get the Dick uh, Dan Campbell effect out of a man whose stature is as as short as a guy like Sean Desai or a guy like um, Eric Bieniemy. And I don't know, I don't know that that is something you need to have. But I think these owners, some of these owners, are kind of clowns. And I wonder if they 
if if when someone doesn't match their vision of what the big football player will respect, I, I know what even you're if saying. it's not true, I know what they you're don't saying. give them the respect that they deserve based on what they've accomplished. May be true, but then I think of Sean McVay and Josh McDaniels. Yeah, it's true. And I think these are guys that yeah, are just that's right. not that imposing or intimidating or impressive. Mike Shanahan, not not so much Kyle. He's a stud. He's a stud. But his father was never a, a guy that, yeah, Less powered over anyone. Yeah, Stud is a coach. Produced a stud. <laughs> you, you know, this show. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. He's a stud. Set up this extra point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. What did you make of our guy Ron Coomer telling us yesterday that an oblique strain is a six-week injury in his experiences? The Cubs are calling Suzuki's oblique issue moderate strain, but clearly there will be plenty of precaution taken to prevent a lingering problem. Do you anticipate him being available for opening day on March the 30th? They can call it whatever they want. The bottom line is he's not penciled in to the opening day lineup right now in terms of a projection that was obvious hearing the way that he talked about his own injury through a translator on Tuesday. And when you start to look at the way now David Ross is talking about the position and all the different candidates and possibilities, Patrick wisdom and Trey Mancini, Christopher Morrell, maybe getting a longer look in the outfield. And now maybe he does make the team and, and plays more regularly or Mike Talkman, a guy that is a local guy, Spent some time with the Yankees, a little pop in the bat, Colorado Rockies at the beginning of his career. You wonder, are these the possibilities? If they are, and this keeps Suzuki out for an extended period of time, I think we're all going to have to adjust our expectations slightly with the Cubs. This is not going to be as complete of a lineup. Suzuki was poised to have a big year. You expected that. You, it, you wanted that if you're the Cubs and counted on it. And now I don't know what you can count on because – there's no clarity, and I think when you have an oblique, you're not going to get much when you're projecting when he's going to be back. So moderate strain, it's whatever you call it, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's not good, and I, I don't I don't think he's going to be ready or back on opening day, and, and I don't want it rushed. To be honest, I I just wonder what do you do. So do you put? Morell at third. I think these these are the questions, right? Do, do, the roster, you know, do, is this how Nick Madrigal makes the team? Because Wisdom goes to right and Madrigal goes to third. I mean, God forbid, would you want Nico Horner to go to third? No. And no. Madrigal at second no. while Wisdom's – I'm just – okay, good answers. I, but I'm just saying these are things that are going to get or should be talked about a little bit and not just at a, an immediate no I don't think, but how, okay. Suzuki's no. not there for opening no. day. How no. do you fix it? I don't want Trey Mancini. Here's the th- I don't want Trey Mancini in right field, which no. I've also heard suggested. No. I, I don't like that idea. He needs to get his legs no. still right, and his wheels aren't right yet. No. Um, Cub Spring Training on the Score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. This is serious stuff because I get it. It's moderate, but Dustin, you hit on it. it. These are the kind of injuries that linger. This is the kind of thing that can become a season-long problem, right? You just whatever you do, you don't want to reaggravate it. You don't want to give the guy three weeks when you should have given him four. 
and then you got a week left. Oh, he's okay. Oh, no, wait, he's hurt again. Now you start the clock again. That, that's the problem with this kind of injury. The reason it's so serious is that you can it can just linger through an entire season, and if you don't give it the proper amount of time and if you don't give it the proper treatment, et cetera, it is always a possibility that you can re-aggravate it. So I would say that this is um, – I think it's a – it's a little bit of a reach that he makes the team out of he's able to start opening day because I think this will lead up most of his spring training and then you would probably want him to work his way back so there is no issue. He, I think he's a couple weeks in here. He missed a month with a finger injury. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. This is not somebody with the track record of being yeah, a quick healer. This is not the Iron Man. Especially with an oblique strain, as you point out, which are very mysterious and you just don't know. Everybody's different in terms of of how fast they heal from these things. Yeah, and and I mean I think you're I think you're right Dustin, you got options as to how you do this, but I in my opinion, you know, you're you're already moving Nico Horner. You want him to stay established where he's at. I think that's your future. You want you want shortstop and second base exactly locked in the way you envision it. And then I would uh, I would deal with third base accordingly, whether it's Morrell uh, and and wisdom going out in the outfield. I don't even know if that's a possibility. Well, that's what David Ross had yep. said before. Yes. There was the scratch of wisdom right. that when this first popped up with Suzuki, mm-hmm. and I that think that was where you could see wisdom he, going. But now that wisdom has had, right? You know, two. Oh, I thought yesterday. I thought, oh, he, okay. We had this bad news on Suzuki, but hey, here's the good news. Wisdom's back. He's going to DH. Well, ninety minutes later, wisdom is scratched. Yes. For yeah. the same sort of issue. It's early, but it's the body early. injury. Yeah. He, he did play center last year, and he is a good enough athlete. Oh, he's to, a better athlete than you would think. I, I right? would prefer him in right field to Trey Mancini. I, I agree with that. Defensively. But, but I think Morrell can play any of those I, that's positions. What, I don't know why yeah. there's suddenly this concern right. over Christopher Morrell, who last year had a breakout type of a year. We heard Ron Coomer use the word special describing him. And, and I mean, you know, Dustin, when you say this is Nick Madrigal making the team, to me, he's got to make the team. Well, I'm saying, is this the way he makes well, the team? But if I mean, Suzuki starts the year off on the IL, is that – I mean, okay, is Brett, is Brennan Davis going to make the team then if Suzuki no, starts? No. I mean, Mike Talkman is a guy that we don't never talk about. Right. But he's here for a reason. And so you hear Rossi mentioned him yesterday in passing somewhat, and I think that's somebody you're going to have to get used to seeing a little bit more than we ever expected earlier than we thought. And yeah. I think at least this Cubs fan – I was expecting between 20 and 30 home runs for, from Suzuki. And if you don't get – if you if you get eight less because he spends the month of April, let's say, on the injured list back in Arizona getting ready, you know, can Christopher Morrell hit a couple? You know, but can he – can he fill that void? Because their I, problem, and we've yeah, all, the, the problem the power, is, is, yeah. is the power, and, and you're expecting Suzuki to deliver some of that. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. I just hope it can still communicate with Otani. <laughs> okay. 312-644-6767. What's your take? Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. Money, 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 money. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Always a joy to talk to our friend Joe Ostrowski. And Joe joins us as all guests do. On the uh, on the hotline, the score hotline, which of course is presented by Bet 
BetQL. Bet, oh, that's the listener line. I'm sorry. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. God, I've been there, David. You think I'd remember it? Hey, Joe, how are you, bud? Morning, fellas. Doing fantastic. It's draft season, even though we're a couple months away with the combine this week. And uh, a, a lot of buzz as far as these draft odds. Over the last week or so, there has been a massive shift. We've been talking about these quarterbacks that are near the top. Bryce Young's still the favorite. C.J. Stroud, second favorite. That's been consistent. Will Levis bumped into the conversation about a month or so ago. Mm. But over the last week, the buzz is all about Anthony Richardson. He went from 100-1 to one down to 7-1 to one right now. He's the third favorite to be the number one overall pick. And I got to tell you, after watching his year when he completed only 54% of his passes, I'm not mad that I don't have that because I don't think he's going to go number one overall. But I think it's pretty interesting uh, that we head into the Combine. He's known as an athletic freak. People expect him to tear the combine up, and uh, maybe they're getting ahead of this number a little bit because they expect those odds to change, and maybe teams are looking just, let's go for the high-ceiling guy, and maybe we hit on something like Josh Allen. Yeah, after he throws on Saturday, I think you're going to see some of that, Joe, because people are going to get overexcited about what they see in one workout, and then his Mm -hmm. pro day will change yet again. But the, the big story here, obviously, Patrick King gets traded to the Rangers What does that do to the Rangers in terms of their odds on winning the Stanley Cup? It it might be a surprise to some, David. Almost nothing. Almost nothing. Now, everybody knew this was going to happen over the last few days, and the Rangers were sitting at 12-1 to to win the Cup. Right now, BetMGM, they're 11-1, to so not a big shift there. They're the, they're the fifth favorite. If you haven't been paying attention, how the top of the NHL is shaping up is pretty, pretty intriguing because all the really good teams are in the East. Six of the top seven favorites are in that Eastern Conference. Uh, why not much of a shift on Kane? Well, there's the hip issue. Uh, the numbers are down. But uh, I, I talked to a couple of hockey betters because, you know, even I, I'm like, come on. Like, there's got to be some sort of movement here. You're clearly better when you add Patrick Kane to the roster. And, and the view is that, yes, they are better overall. They'll end up scoring more, most likely, but they didn't they didn't fix any of their issues. Scoring was not a problem for the Rangers before yesterday. So not as uh, much of a movement as many people here probably expected. This segment with Joe O brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. And Joe, you've got some Malloy uh, odds for us? Yeah, I, I was uh, looking at some of the different baseball numbers. Uh, the win total is still the same. Cubs, 77.5. White Sox, 83.5. Um, you know, I wasn't getting too excited about fewest wins. Cubs are 50-1. to one. Best record. White Sox, 55-1. to one. But I was curious uh, about some of the top players in town. And what kind of number do you set on Aloy? Because if you can't finish a season, it's tough to get to the overs. So they set his home run number at 29 and a half and RBI at 90 and a half. I just found that interesting. I don't know that uh, I can go to the window and say over and bank on a full season from him because it it just feels uh, it's a matter of when, not if he's going to miss a number of games. (laughs) But uh, that's a guy that's got to be a tough number to to just to create on, right? If you're a bookmaker, because – you know, this guy always ends up going down at some point. 
Quickly, Joe, Bulls game and a half out of the 10th spot in the play-in round. What do their odds look like in terms of making the postseason? Yeah, we're down to 20 games left, guys. Uh, not the toughest schedule remaining, but there are some tough spots. A couple against Philly, a couple Lakers. Uh, near the end, they got to go to Milwaukee and Dallas. Minus 1,000 to miss the playoffs. That is saying there's a 90% chance the Bulls are not in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Wow. Don't they know about PFF? All right, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Bye, guys. That is our guy, Joe Ostrowski. Big's time is next. We're going to head down to Indy. We'll talk to the man himself. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.